Welcome back to Focus. I'm Ron Cisco, and today I just got back from a wonderful vacation from the UK. I know I was still posting, but I re-recorded those or pre-recorded those uh, just to make sure that I wasn't going to fall behind. I just came back from the UK. It was uh, UK and Iceland. It was such an interesting experience. I got to tell you, um, it's a different world. It's a different world. I live in the United States. And if you live in the United States, you kind of understand that there's like this fast paced heartbeat to everything we do. If you go to dinner, everything is expected to be done quickly. You get sat as immediately as possible. You get asked um, what you want to drink and that's brought out immediately. And you order food and you expect your food to be on your plate, on your table in 12 minutes. And I don't think I had a single meal in the UK that was, I don't know, under an hour and a half, hour and maybe 45 minutes. I think a lot of it comes from a different sense of time. In European countries, they get more vacation time than we do. Sick time. Uh, mental health is taken a lot more seriously. I know when my wife and I were watching television, we watched a show, I think it's called if you don't pay, we take it away or something like that. It's a terrible, terrible show um, about collections agents. And I think they work for the government. They're not just like collections agents. They, they work for the government. And um, there was a, a, a fellow in the, on the show who he was like $11,000 in debt. And it was all his fault. And he wasn't really admitting to it. And he was being pretty shady about it. And they asked, like, so how come you haven't paid this? How come you can't pay this? Why aren't you working? And he goes, well, you know, I, I deal with depression and I deal with uh, anxiety. And, you know, we, in an American society, we, we look at this as something that, that is maybe not something that discourages you from, from work. We, we tell people to toughen up. You're depressed? Well, so am I. Get to work. You have anxiety? So do I. Get to work. Pay your bills. And, uh, and the minute he said it, both of those agents like looked very serious. They, they they looked concerned. They said, "Wow, that's that's tough. Sorry, mate, but but you you know you've defaulted on these loans. The, the, the responsibility was still there, but but the the feeling was that you know it was a serious issue. Everything is taken differently. It really helped me adjust my feelings about how I felt about employment. Like I said recently, I I've just left my job." Uh, it's been it's been about two and a half weeks now, and it's to pursue creative things. This this being one of them, a few other projects down the line. We'll talk about those. And we look at employment as this thing where we're thankful to be paid for a service. We're being paid for a service, but that's not really what's happening, is it? At the end of the day. We want to believe that we're paying for a service. When you purchase something, that's what you're paying for a service. But when someone is paying you to do something on behalf of them, what you're doing is you're selling your time. You decide what your time is worth. And we have it so backwards, don't we? We have so many relationships in the business world where we're jockeying for a position for someone to, to make an offer. And we're hoping that offer will be good enough. But aren't we what's special? Aren't you unique? Isn't what you bring to the table 
worth paying for. And so I, I came back home with a lot of thoughts. And today what I wanted to talk about was your value. Your value. You as a human being. What your value is. And what the monetary value is. And making sure that how hard you work is proportional to how much you're getting paid. Or how much you're experiencing life. You see, where, where we stand right now as Americans, we, I don't want to preach, but it's important. We are slaves to the system. And that seems extreme. And maybe it'll rub people the wrong way, but, but there's a truth to that. You get paid a certain amount of money. And the best way to get paid more is to move to another job. That's the best advice I've ever been given. You don't get raises to what you're worth at the company you're working for. You find another company that values you more than the company that you work for. That's a simple economy and it's one that works very well for the upper, upper middle class and for those of us who, who might be rich, who can afford to take some time off. Those of us who, who have savings or enough accrued investments that that those things don't affect us to take a break doesn't affect us and that the value that we see in ourselves is something we could wait for rather than something with a sense of immediacy because if you don't have a job you don't pay your bills you don't eat you don't get to pay your car or your house these are all factors that keep you from hopping from job to job. And it makes sense. It's an understandable facet of the economy. We also do a lot to spend ourselves into that position. But what about healthcare? How many times have you been unable to move to a different job because you have a pre-existing medical condition? How many times have you been worried about the coverage at a new job not being what it was here? How many times have you been able to ask what the medical coverage was like during the interview process or even the negotiation process? Not to be told, just to be told, well, you'll have to find out. How ridiculous is that? How, how paralyzing is it to know that there's a factor there keeping you from being able to consider a better opportunity? Not all healthcare systems are created equal. Not all insurance policies are created equal. I remember there was a time when I would stay away from Cigna because they were the worst to get anything processed through. And thankfully, a lot of laws had come by that, that fixed some of the problems. But would I have been able to leave my job if my wife didn't have some pretty acceptable health care at her job? Would, would that have been a good move for me from any perspective? I'll tell you from a mental health perspective, this break has been um, enormous for me. But, but what about, what about those, those real considerations for people? I know it seems like I'm preaching from the wrong side of the fence because, again, I, I've been lucky enough to, to be able to, to put myself in a position, to put, for us to be in a position where I can take this break, where I can concentrate on these creative things. But what about you? 
How hard do you have to work? Why are you expected to work 120% for 70% of the pay? I think that's one thing they definitely have better there. It's not perfect. Nothing is perfect. And some people would definitely accuse me of leaning into socialism. But, But there's an appreciation for your time as a human being. And because they have a socialized healthcare system, there's no fear of attempting to find something better. We talk about socialized healthcare a lot. And we talk about um, not wanting to pay for other people's problems. But what about your problems? Everybody worries about taxes going into the wrong places. But what, what if you never had to think about healthcare again? What if that was no longer a consideration as part of your employment decisions? How freeing would that be? Would you even still be in the same state? Amidst the time that we, we spent watching trash British television, I think we found a show called Come Dine With Me, where um, different couples, I think it was four different couples, throw, uh, or it was uh, maybe it's not even couples, but I think we watched the couple version of that show, where they, they all threw dinner parties for each other, and then each one had to rate the others, and, uh, and then there was like a cash prize at the end of it. And each of these couples went all out in food and, and cooking, attempting to, to impress the rest while the others made snotty comments behind their backs while the cameras were on. Talking about how they didn't like something or, or whatever. And I remember one, one couple in particular, she was, she was the worst. Because she just, she just said awful things to everyone. Not necessarily always to their face either, but, but just in general. And, um, and it was so, so different from what I had seen on the streets. I'm sure not everyone was happy with their jobs, but so many people looked fairly satisfied with what they were doing. At least that they had jobs. That they could do something they were proud of. I'm sure, again, it's not for everyone, but, but you had to imagine that they were also dreaming of upward mobi- mobility the way we dream of, of going somewhere else, of, of, of doing more. But how much more capable of it are they? I know that their unemployment rate is much higher than ours because of their, um, their system and because of the expectations. But how much more valued are each of those employees? What's the true rate of unemployment in the United States if you discount the people who have stopped looking for jobs? How many of us have given up on moving up anywhere just because we're afraid of being put in a place that's different from where we are? Losing that insurance, losing that pension plan. I can't speak to the employment system in the UK or Europe or Iceland. We also visited Iceland. I know there are some facets to it that are so different. In Iceland, pretty much everyone is middle class. And one of, um, one of the people who was on the wait staff at a restaurant we went to, uh, he was handling most of our order. He took my order for dessert and, uh, and I had asked for a, a pot of tea and he forgot to put the order for the pot of tea in. And, uh, and I asked, I said, Hey, you know, is, is the tea coming anytime soon? And he said, Oh my God, I forgot. I forgot to do that. I'm so sorry. That was entirely my fault. I'm so sorry. Please let me make that right for you. And I was, I was saying to him, um, I think his name was Bjorn. 
it's it's okay. It's just a pot of tea. I just you know just wanted to know where it was. And he was like, no, 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 please. I'm I'm so sorry. And then he like ran off. And I think the reason that Bjorn was so worried about it was because he's he's young, and I'm I'm sure it's harder for young people to get jobs in that situation because we have so many. They had so many people, you know, in the middle class looking for work. Their economy collapsed in 2008. It's actually a pretty sensitive subject for them. And um, and I just imagine that he was fearing that at that moment I was going to make a, a stir and and get him in trouble for his job over a pot of tea. Bjorn looked like he enjoyed his work. I, it's not bad work. I don't I don't know anybody who should ever feel like they're above waiting tables. It's good food. I hope he gets paid a decent wage. In Iceland, they don't tip at all. So the living wage is, is something that exists there. But he was very concerned about, about disappointing me. Which, you know, might say something about what their employment situation is like. It might not be perfect. But what I do see is that in the United States, we're driven... We're not, we're not asked to do more. We're driven. We're given numbers. We're, we're told performance isn't good enough. We're told we need to um, abide by new standards, new rules. I recently had an experience with Amazon where I had ordered something. And Amazon keeps promising this two-day shipping or one-day shipping or whatever their situation is. And I'd gotten a delivery estimate. And I was told it would be delivered on Tuesday. And they didn't. The, uh, the delivery driver, who is, and, and I don't know if you know how Amazon works, but uh, Amazon uses third parties, uh, third party companies to do the deliveries for most of their um, logistics work. The person in the chat that I asked about it, because it said it was marked delivered on Tuesday, said, uh, well, a lot of the companies that, that do work for us will mark things delivered, even if they're not, just so that they can make their quota numbers. And I said, you know, there are a couple things wrong with that. Number one, it's marked delivered, but on their system, it's also marked for re-delivery. So it was marked delivered, but then they said it was a mistake to have been marked delivered. So they still get the credit for the numbers, and then they're going to have to catch up and do the re-delivery later. I'm sure there's overtime issues with that company. But also, what does it say about Amazon's expectations of these companies that they've outsourced this logistics program to? How hard are they working these people? How hard are they driving these people? And that's the thing about being driven. When you are driven, we look at it as something as a positive thing. I'm driven. I'm working because I want to go harder. I want to go faster. I want to go stronger. But what is really being driven? It's, it's someone else's appreciation of your motivation to do something for them. Like cattle like horses you're driven like a car and I so so I think that one one factor that we have in the United States that really doesn't exist in in European cultures and I know it exists in Japan is we have a burnout factor and that's where I stood right here having left my job having been in a, a good enough position that I could do so at least temporarily hopefully longer 
hopefully I can, I can take my creative endeavors and, and turn that into something sustainable. But I was burned out. I needed to take a break from being driven. Maybe I don't want that anymore. Maybe I wanted to take a look at my time and decide what it's worth. Maybe I'd like to take a look at my time and decide I'd rather spend that time expressing something than just doing something for someone else. Look, I know what this sounds like. And I know, I know what you're going to say, that, that of course I came back from the UK and, and, and Europe and I'm going to love things. And that, that I'm going to look at that and, and put it on some pedestal. But, but what I'm not putting on the pedestal is, is their, their employment system or their healthcare system. What I think you should worry about, what, what I think I'm in love with, is the idea of treating people like people. What I like is the thought that, that you could value your own time and your own emotional needs. That you could be a person. Focus is a Patreon-supported podcast, and I want to thank you so much for listening. I'm having a little hard time uh, recording this at the moment. My tongue tied. It's been a little while since I've done this much talking. Um, at this moment, I'd love to know what you have to say, especially in regards to this conversation. It's, um, it's a different one. It's, it's a little political, I know. But if you would like to keep, keep, uh, keep that conversation going, you can find me on my website, focusbycisco.com, or you can go to, uh, to Twitter at focusbycisco or, uh, or send me an email, ron at focusbycisco.com. I want to thank my Patreon supporters, Vigilante. Anastasia Beaverhouse and, and the White Prince, thank you so much for your support. You're keeping the lights on. And I hope that if you share this with anyone, that you share it because it meant something to you and not because you thought they needed to hear it. Just the same, I'll see you when the plot requires it. And again, that's going to be very soon. Until next time, be excellent to each other. <laughs>